0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we welcome you to another phenomenal episode of The Last Chapter Jerusalem. Today we are doing chapter two. I am one of your co-hosts, Henry Jekyll, and I'm here with my co-host, Michael Pemulis.
1: Hello there. I think as I did last week, I'm going to start off with a summary of the chapter. This one's a, a fun one. Um
0: it's really dark. It,
1: it is, is really, really dark. dark. It uh it reminds me of one of the opening chapters of Infinite Jest, um where a guy's looking for marijuana for the entire chapter. Kind of reminds me of that. But without further ado, this is the uh the summary. And if if I forget anything, you can let me know. So uh, we are introduced to Marla, and we learned she is a prostitute addicted to some sort of substance. I'm guessing crack cocaine. Um, just because I she had to use a pipe. So it's only so many things. Yeah. Uh she thinks often about the death of Princess Diana, and she believes she watched Princess Diana's wedding on TV, even though she's not old enough to have done so. Um However, I will say the wedding took place in St. Paul's Cathedral. And as we learned last episode, strange things happen in St. Paul's Cathedral. So you never know. I don't know. Maybe uh, we won't get into that. I'll stick to the summary. So uh, she's, also, she's also obsessed with Jack the Ripper, which foreshadows her demise at the end. Uh, so she's searching her apartment for drugs that she might have forgotten she had. And while we'll so while doing so, she reflects on having sex with her friend, Samantha, who is also a prostitute and also likes to get high and how Samantha was recently found uh, near death. Um, and Samantha's not the only one, I guess, s- prostitutes have been um, being like kidnapped and then beaten, it would seem. Um, I think it specifically says no one's been killed yet, as far as she knows. But yeah, that is yeah. correct. Um, so while she is desperate for drugs, she's decided that by no means will she look for work at night because of all the violence toward prostitutes as of late. Again, I feel like very heavily foreshadowing that she's going to change her mind by the end of the chapter. Um, so then a man named, uh, Thompson comes by. So this is Roman Thompson from the prelude. He is Alma's friend. Um, he knocks and, At the door and asks Marla if she would like to go to Alma's art show the very next night. So this is in the present. Uh, So she says yes but they both know that she won't show up. Uh, She then thinks about her terrible childhood and starts shouting at her mother who is not there and uh, she's shouting out loud and it scares her to think that she's shouting out loud by herself. Um, She also during this time thinks about how she believes she's seen the devil twice and she calls him Ash Moses. Um, once he was on the end of her cigarette and another time he was like fully formed, um, wearing like monk's robes. Uh, he uses the word precisely, which frightens her because her own mind would never use that word. Um, so she that's why she thinks she actually saw the devil. Um, we learned that she has an ass bow. So that's the I wrote it down. I forget what it stands for, but basically it's like a, almost like a restraining order type thing. Like, um, she got it because her neighbors report her bringing John's back to her apartment. Um, so uh, she's like afraid that she'll be like caught on camera being somewhere. She's not supposed to be, and then end up in prison. I guess that's essentially what it is. Uh, then she thinks of fat Kenny who might be able to at least get her some pills to tide her over. He's done it in the past. Um, But she decides to go out to find work. Um, She meets a very strange man with an orange waistcoat who claims to be a poet. Um, She offers her services to which he declines. Um, That was a whole weird moment. I don't know what that guy was about. Uh, There's another strange moment where right after where she thinks she sees two people huddled uh, inside the archway of St. Peter's Church. But then when she looks back, there's only one pair of feet. So, there you go. That's all I know. Um, she thinks about men who were suspected of being Jack the Ripper. So, again, she's really thinking about Jack the Ripper, really foreshadowing here. Um, she decides to go to Fat Kenny's house, um, and she asks for drugs, and then, but she refuses to cooperate with his desired sexual practices. Um, what? i'll I'll let let you get into that um so then she goes home and i forgot to mention this earlier so she she has this uh her princess diana like scrapbook basically and she had like cut out princess diana's head and like put it on a sun like a picture of like a sunrise or something Mm -hmm. and she thinks it's like brilliant she's like really impressed with herself for doing that um and she it distinctly says when she leaves, she puts her Jack the Ripper novels and her Princess Diana scrapbook in her bedroom, which is not where she usually has it, but she thinks, I'll put it there so I'll know where it is. So then she goes home and forgets that's where she put it. She freaks out and thinks someone has stolen her Princess Diana scrapbook, which she has now decided I can be an artist like Alma. Like I could sell my Diana thing the sun thing. I'm so brilliant. I could sell that for lots of money. And uh, so then she freaks out that she can't find them. She thinks she's been robbed, that someone specifically stole her Princess Diana and Jack the Ripper novels. But obviously that's not true. um So she's distraught. Uh, and then she's like, But I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to do it. And then there's a page break, and then we see her going out <laughs> uh, and, as expected. And it ends with this almost, uh, like, this foregone conclusion, like, that it's going to happen. And then a car drives up, and she is ushered in, and we're led to believe that her fate is now sealed. Um, I'm not sure if death awaits her, but certainly not. uh, Some sort of violence is in store for Marla. I'm I'm guessing she's going to be found dead, or we'll just never hear from her again. But anything to add to that summary?
0: Um, she was seven years old when she did the uh, Diana Sun, thing. yeah, because yeah. she was. That's why she was so impressed. and thinking people would buy it because, like, what kind of seven year old would make right. something like this? And she was like so blown, blowing it up out of proportions and whatnot. And there was a bit in here where she talks about on her walk was. She saw like children playing
1: and oh them, good, like, good catch! Fur. I forgot that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I was. Are they fairies? They're gonna introduce fairies now because that's what. To me, it kind of sounded like they weren't kids because she said, "Uh, the park was empty, and she just saw a couple of them jumping a fence and wearing a uh. I want to say fur, like a fur, right? yeah Yeah,
1: like a little fur like a like a stole i think that's what she said it wasn't quite like a coat but yeah no good good catch because at the end right before she's put in the car she thinks she sees that that girl again like there's some some connection with the girl
0: she says she heard voices but the voices didn't come again from up behind the hedge. she probably imagined it and i guess that's why she and she walked towards the car. I think that's why, like, she may have, like, freaked out about hearing the voices. And she just, like, ended up going straight to the car instead of...
1: Yeah, like, I mean, it even says, like, on the page before that... Uh... It says she knew she knew exactly what was going to happen in her guts. She knew there'd be a car along now any minute. That would be the one. There wasn't anything what she could do to stop it. Nothing she could do. So she was somewhere else. It was as if it had already happened. It was already in the script of that bloke with the waistcoats comedy. And there weren't nothing she could do except just go along with it. Go through the moves that she was meant to make. Take one step, then another up along beside the grass towards spring lane. Then at the end, turn back and walk along the other way to Scarlet Will Street with a house all dark there on the corner and no windows lit from this side. So, I mean, like it said, she almost has like this foregone conclusion mm. that like this is what her life is. Like it's she's going to this is what happens next, yeah. um, which I guess kind of gets into like a fate or destiny type discussion, except not in a happy way not in like a it's my destiny to save the world it's my destiny to die alone in a car (laughs) that's that's a little different
0: (laughs) so i had a theory since she kept bringing up jack the ripper and like how his identity was never known and she brings up all these people i think the man that she meets who lost his dog Mm -hmm. is the guy in the car what because he does look back at her when she's walking away when they, after they had that brief conversation about her trying to get business out of him, That's what I think. I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe we'll find out later, but I, there has to been a reason why he'd like turn to look at her, and then do like that hysterical, crazy laugh one last time before uh, <clears throat> she walked away to go to Fat Kenny's place.
1: That that's the guy in the orange waistcoat, the weird guy. Yeah. Yeah. So what what was your theory about him? That he I think he's the killer in the car. Oh oh. Yeah. I mean that's a good it's actually a good point. He seemed pretty weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so there there were three things in there that we can speculate about and I hope we get answers to. He's one of them where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. The other one was the people huddled under the church yeah i I don't know because she was like oh there's definitely two people there and then she gets closer and there's only one and he makes such a big deal about it because she's like oh maybe i saw one pair of bare feet and then his shoes were like propped up so i thought it was you know four feet but it was only you know like he made like such a ordeal out of it that i was like well this has to be relevant right because otherwise it's just so bizarre and then the other thing is what you brought the kids so the kids um i agree i thought maybe there's some sort of mystical element i i'm not sure if i thought fairies necessarily but i kind of like that but um i mean obviously it's not usual for kids to be out that late at night just running around um and let me see we gonna look at that last page because it says um. So it says walking back to Scarlet Well, there were the noises from the station yards behind the wall across St. Andrews Road. Again, just gonna cut in and say we really have to know exactly where everything is happening at yeah. all times. <laughs> um just shunting noises, but she could hear kids as well. Kids kids' voices giggling. They were coming from the big dark row of bushes on the far side of the strip of grass that ran along the bottom there of the school playing fields to Marla's left. It must be them what she'd seen earlier, the little girl with the fur stole from up chalk lane. What were they doing all still out this late? She listened, but the voices didn't come again from up behind the hedge. She'd probably imagine them. So I, I put like just questions. I put, what's the significance of the girl I put? Is it, like innocence is it her inner child is it like you know the childhood she never had because her childhood sounded horrible um so i didn't know if it was more symbolic like just like this kind of juxtaposition of you know this like innocent little girl like running and playing and like just like the freedom to be happy and a little happy girl versus her very dark childhood her frankly kind of dark profession here her her drug addiction um i didn't know if if maybe that's what it was or if there is like a significant like you're saying like if there's like we'll find out that that was like a character or something um it does seem like he likes to kind of tie things together so far i mean we had the prelude we get alma and mick and then we go to Alma's like great-great-grandfather, maybe great-great-great-grandfather, whichever. Um, and then here we definitely see Roman Thompson, Alma's friend, interacting with Marla. So there's always like this little thread of like connection. So maybe the that is a real little girl that we'll see later. Um, but part of me wondered if it was just more of like a, a symbol of her. Her lost childhood, if you will.
0: Yeah, like uh, with Mick and how he saw sort of, right. bit of himself in that one kid about the roof, mm-hmm. of yeah, night. Because when you brought that up, I was thinking maybe, maybe that's the ongoing theme so far. Themselves in what could have been or what had happened to them, right.
1: Kind of, and, and I think, I mean, maybe that's possible too. Cause last week we spent a lot of time talking about time as the fourth dimension yeah, and like, probably. uh, possibility. Um, cause I think even the last thing that Angel said is something about like living in like the realm of possibility or something mm-hmm. like that. So like these like differing, maybe like mm-hmm. timelines or time, you know, like what could have been, um, So maybe, yeah, maybe that's like a a better versioned, happier self. Um, Or maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll read the next chapter and it'll be like the little girl running down the street. Like, maybe I mean, and and I'll have to retract everything. I'm like, never mind, never mind, retracting.
0: Like, and maybe these fairy folk just came out to fight the the destructor, and you're like, yeah, exactly. Dang, fourth dimension.
1: If, yeah exactly that fourth dimension um I, I i like your idea of the the crazy guy being like the murderer though yeah or or at least the assailant i mean i because i guess her friend didn't die or whatever but because yeah he he was out of nowhere i was like yeah mm, i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> she almost described her dream guy perfectly matching him for a little bit yeah. like there were some things that were
1: mm-hmm.
0: off but uh when she did that and he magically appeared I'm like huh there's something not right with this guy yeah. got to know her he's almost her perfect dream man who she would you know pay him i guess is what what she would do but it's. It seemed like that to me. I, I, he didn't click right.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he was uh he was weird. And uh, there's a kind of this continuing thing of like, um, characters just running into like bizarre mm-hmm. people. You know, like, um, I mean, going back to Mick, like he was very nice to that kid who was like losing his mind or whatever. Um, But that was one thing where we're we're just like, I don't know. And this is another one where the character we're following just runs into this bizarre person. And you're just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to see if I wrote down anything really that significant here. Uh,
0: See, I didn't write anything in here because I was like, oh, I'll finish it. By our recording day, which I finished it yesterday, it's like oh, it'll all still be fresh in there.
1: Yeah. Oh, so just just to clarify, so the the title is called Asbos of Desire. So the the Asbo is a antisocial behavior order. So restricted behavior um, uh, by not letting people return to public spaces or or restricted their public behavior. I think we talked about that. I think that was in the prelude too. So
0: yeah,
1: occurring again. Um. So I wrote down, like, so her not, like, thinking she had seen the wedding. Um, I put down, because uh, there's, like, some other, th- she thinks, like, well, anything, you can do anything with what she calls CSI. She means CGI, but, like, yeah. he says you can do anything with CSI. Um, so she, like, uh, she names off, like, the, the moon landing, September 11th, the Kennedy assassination. So she's she's clearly um prone to to kind of conspiracy yeah yeah um so i just wrote down memory continues to be a theme um because even alma had and mick both had like mick especially has like memories he he, like come back to him um i think alma no just mick just mick has has memories but um but so she, I put in quotes cause it was in there. Nobody didn't know nothing for sure. I said, this is such a postmodern look at truth <laughs> and, and lack thereof. Um, but I, uh, the further I went, I was like, maybe she's just on drugs. I may be just giving her a little too much. Maybe. Uh, like, yeah. I was like, wow. Like she's like questioning everything. And I was like, well, or she's just really high, high. a lot of the time. Um, Let's see. I also, oh, so, um, so going back to the devil, Ash Moses, Um, at first I was like, okay, more paranoia, more drug use. But then, you know, he says precisely. And she like even thinks like nobody I know or myself would ever use the word precisely. And then, also the fact that last chapter we had literal angels talking to somebody I was like well I mean I, I <laughs> my, my little note said usually I would chalk this up to drugs and paranoia, paranoia but we had an angel in the last chapter so you know what could be a real devil in yes. this chapter could I don't be. know
0: the devil could what, also, what are you
1: thinking like do, do do you think it was real real devil
0: yeah I think so, because as you said, there was an angel painting talking to a a guy who went from ginger hair to white hair, almost unrecognizable. So yeah, I think she, I, I think Ash Moses is a literal devil who mm-hmm. talks to her. And then I also now think that Ash Moses is that man in the corner. Because if the devil can read your thoughts, if the angels could read your thoughts, the devil also can. Mm-hmm. And she was thinking about her dream guy, which so happened to appear. Oh,
1: that's interesting. That guy
0: and why he was laughing all crazy maniacal because she saw Ash Moses personified on that corner. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. So now we have <laughs> potentially three Ash Moses sightings. Um And you know it's it, So she says there's like a specific smell She associates with Ash Moses Now I want to see if she smells that I thought it was um, like a cigarette smell Yeah when she smells she like Smells like
0: burning shit Is what she says <laughs> yeah. a nice uh, so Someone's burning shitty nappies Probably it was that F.N. Robertson's Robert T's, Robertson's, it's on Robertson. Oh yeah, the
1: the people reported her. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yes,
0: yeah, apparently Ash Moses does not smell good.
1: Yeah, apparently not. Um.
0: And how crazy would it have been if that's what she smelled just before she walked toward the car? That's true. Yeah, I think
1: she smells it like when she walks outside, I know that yeah. I know she, but anyways, um, so yeah, I like that idea. I'll read the description of his like physical appearance when she like sees him fully. Cause I thought that was interesting. So this is the bottom of page 73. So earlier he had just been a, like the end of her cigarette or whatever. Um, uh, let's see. So, he was all sort of dressed in what was like a monk's robes, or it might have been old rags, and it was either red or green or both. He had the curly hair and horns and beard and eyebrows like he'd had when he had made a, when he was made of ashes. And as Marla saw him in her head, he was still grinning at her, laughing when the dead old stung and made her cry again when she only just stopped, only just got herself together. Um. So he's in like. I don't know the green and red thing or both. I'm not sure what to make of that. Maybe there's nothing of it, but I mean, he kind of just looks like the devil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, cause you know, he's got the horns and everything. That's why part of me is like, well, maybe he's not real. Cause he kind of appears like how you would think someone would like, just imagine the devil. The typical, uh,
0: stereotypical,
1: yeah, and and he like mocks her kind of juve like a like a kid. Like she's like, "Why don't you leave me alone?" And then he says, he says in a nasty, whiny voice, "Why don't you leave me alone?" <laughs> like, like, what?
0: When I read that, I was like, maybe she is hallucinating. Uh huh. Until I don't know if that was before or after precisely. I can't talk, precisely. Yeah. But, When she did that, like, oh, she's high, she's imagining it. And then, and then I was just like, oh, okay, she's just high and crazy right now, having an argument with herself, like most people usually do.
1: Right. Yeah. I I don't know. uh, I don't know about Ash Moses. But the other thing is, I think it would be weird for him to name him and not. Uh, not it'd be significant. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, it w- like, cause our, our, my theory, my, our Jesus character from the prelude was the three burrows. And now we have this other named opposite devil, like person called Ash Moses, which I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of how that like Moses, obviously Being like a biblical person himself, but I'm not quite sure how that that works out. Ash Moses.
0: Wednesday, I mean, isn't that also a?
1: That's true.
0: Religious thing. So far, this book has been nothing but religious, and I'm very disappointed. (laughs) I was expecting more uh, confusion and like. Cthulhu kind of sci-fi horror-ish. What I'm used to for Alan Moore, but so I, think
1: far, we'll I, yeah, I, so. I think we'll get there. Yeah,
0: I hope. I think we'll
1: get there. We we got we got uh like 1,200 pages to go. Yeah. If we're okay. Um, so one thing I did look into the the probably the thing I spent too much time reading about. So uh, so she's thinking on at the top page 84. Um. She's thinking about uh like possible Jack the Ripper suspects again. Mm -hmm. Um and so she says she's thinking of J.K. Stephen. Um so that's James Kenneth Stephen, and he was a poet. And so she she puts, had he written that Cafusalim one, it went like all hail Cafusalim, the harlot of Jerusalem. It stuck with her because the name was funny. So it's kind of weird cuz she's wrong but sort of right. Um, so he James Kenneth Stephen did write a poem called The Little Go or Air er Kafusalam and it's it's spelled that way. Um but nowhere does it say All Hail Kafusalam the Harlot of Jer- Jerusalem, but there's a uh a body uh traditional English song that I I found um, called Hail Kafusalam and it's spelled with an F instead of a PH. And that one is about a prostitute and it does say the harlot of Jerusalem. Um, listeners go look up those lyrics because they're I I I shan't repeat them yeah, on, <laughs> on dude, they're pretty they're pretty wild. I was like what year was this written?
0: <laughs> was it was it written by a JK Stevens?
1: No, that's, a, that's the a thing. That's so she's like, that's why I said she's like sort of right. Like Kafusalam, that word is in a poem by JK Stevens, but the, the all hail Kafusalam, the harlot of Jerusalem, that comes from the, the, the song. this like traditional song, but not written by him. As far as anyone knows, um, as far as I, as, as far as I could see, they, there was no like specific writer, out of the song. Um, I'll see if I can find some of the lyrics. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty wild.
0: You know, I like how when we're doing this, you look up stuff in it to try to get the reference. And I'm just like, keep reading it until I understand the reference. <laughs> like uh, The Doctor Who, when she described... The Man in Orange. I was like, oh hey. Yeah. I know that reference. The Lord of the Rings reference in there. I was like, oh hey. I know that reference. I feel like Captain America pointing out references. Yeah. There, you know?
1: Yeah, I can't like read any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe there's some part. Uh
0: by Oscar Brand. Who's that?
1: Yeah, so he, he's recorded a, a version of it. Goodness gracious!
0: And hooray, old Jerusalem!
1: I've also seen like different lyrics, so maybe maybe people have like kind of changed them over years.
0: Wow, this one's lays it on this poor of <laughs>
1: I know, right? Uh, nice. Yeah, this is probably is not interesting for people listening, but but go look up Kafusalam lyrics if you if you have uh, time um because a, they are they're pretty wild. Um E. And then like his uh his poem I looked that up too and I, I couldn't re- I didn't really get much out of it, to be honest. Um let's see. Of course now I can't find it. Doo, doo, doo.
0: The funny part is um that he again uses real real suspects in real life and throw it in with his uh based on a true story
1: yes yes exactly um
0: he kind of looks like pennywise from uh it, chapter two in one of the photos
1: yeah i'm looking at his poem now i don't really i'm not sure if there's uh there's much there as far as uh some insight. Anyways, I don't even know what Cafusula means. I don't know what I don't know what it means. But we've probably spent too much time on that. And I probably spent too much time looking into it earlier. I was like, what does this mean? Um
0: you have that so, up here with the different strings connected to Yeah, control. exactly
1: <laughs> Um, so how did this uh, how did this chapter live up to you for like the previous ones? What were your your thoughts?
0: It was exactly what I expected out of Alan Moore.
1: Mm, okay,
0: just hit a bunch of stuff that he's written in other books, like the uh, for whatever reason the ASBO reminded me of Envy for Vendetta, where. Everybody has a curfew and they have to be put in mm. curfew or they get thrown to uh, the finger, which is the uh, government people and he grab into jail and whatnot. So that reminded me of The Vendetta and then a bunch of the assaults. The uh, stuff like that also reminded me of, you know, of The Watchmen, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and then obviously his From Hell Jack the Ripper book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. right he just threw a bunch of his well to me he, it just a bunch of his works of the worst part thrown into this chapter because when i was reading it and you told me like hey there's a bunch of uh words that rhymes with fire truck and <laughs> more pun- run yeah Something so like that. I was like, really? Like that can't be that. And I kept reading like every felt like every other paragraph had either one of those two words. And I'm like, oh, you're right. It's uh, really yeah. dark. And uh Yeah.
1: So it, I I think too, like, um I mean, obviously I, I haven't read From Hell, but that was the the thing that I thought of the most just because I know that's about Jack the Ripper. So he clearly has like a. I don't want to say a fixation, but he, ha- he has an interest in, in Jack the Ripper, I think for sure. Um, but what I actually thought about was um, the backstory for Rorschach in Watchmen, where you, you learn that his mother was a prostitute and how, like, Damn. I mean, I, I don't think that's what damaged him necessarily, but I mean his, his mother is also abusive. Um and so like that definitely ran through my mind with um Marla and her mom, because her mom uh was not a a great <laughs> a great no, mother, <laughs> a great role model uh by any means. Um and then also just like kind of I think getting into the nitty gritty of the burrows itself um, because we've only really seen Alma and Mick who have kind of gone out of the burrows. Like they were there, but they've, they've moved on Um, Alma with her art. She's been able to get out. Um, Mick, I don't really remember what he does, but presumably he's been able to kind of move a lot yeah area, you know. <laughs> exactly yeah, i guess you're right he was like in some sort of like uh maybe construction or yeah. something but presumably they've both been able to work their way out of of the area i think um but this is someone who is in there um and i uh, kind of going from like in the prelude where it was kind of all maybe a little bit more abstract in terms of like um the the neighborhood going bad um how that occurred you know i think it talks about like you know the the richer families leaving and then the poorer getting poorer so going from that abstraction to like the actual person of like this this person who's trying to survive in the boroughs um i liked it like i said it it reminded me a lot of uh I mean, not nearly to, like, the crazy manic level of Infinite Jest, but it did remind me of that, like, uh, that chapter in Infinite Jest where the guy's, like, looking for drugs the whole time. She's not quite that level of desperate. I was actually kind of surprised. She kept – I mean, I think I knew she was lying to herself because she kept being like, oh, I mean, if, if I don't get it, it's fine. You know, I'm not going to go out tonight. I'm not going to go out. You know, it's fine. And, like – it's fine. I kept thinking like, I don't know if it's fine. I think you're going to end up going out because you really want drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, which if, I mean, obviously he did, but, um, but I think he, he almost made it. I almost believed her a couple of times, you know, you're like, you want to believe her like, yeah, don't do yeah. it. But like the, the obvious Jack, the Ripper symbolism and kind of the repeated, like, I don't really need it, but also I'm going to go find fat Kenny mm-hmm. to like, <laughs> you know, you're like, you don't really need it you kind of keep looking for drugs so I think you might you might need it <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: I, I was the same for a bit because it sounded like she was going to stay in and i yeah. go like oh yeah I'll just stay in and blah, blah, yada 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 and then she's like oh I'm going out and like she's walking down the street and I'm like huh she made it sound like she would stay in and read her books but she left looking for a uh, well, drugs and companionship, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she kept looking for uh, like she didn't want to run into her old pimp, I guess, Keith.
1: Yeah, Keith. But yeah. she
0: would be like like she would be happy, uh, with, when, when uh, what's his name? Tom Thompson came yeah. to visit. She was like both happy and sad that it wasn't Keith. Yeah. Because uh well she's crazy and looking for drugs so
1: and and i think too like um i we didn't i didn't really touch on this in the my little summary but she's pretty alone i mean that much is you know like so keith as you said was was probably her her pimp um slash maybe you know lover oops i hit the microphone but uh but I I don't know if really that's the right term or maybe he just like used her, you know, but, um, but, but also, so then she also had Samantha, her sort of friend ish. Um, but she's been, you know, her and so she is very much alone. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure if, Keith being in her life is a positive yeah. thing. I think Keith is probably good that Keith's not around. Um, I, I think with this chapter... If around, oh, go ahead.
0: If he was around, she probably would not have gotten in that car.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. So, ups and downs
0: yeah. <laughs> of having
1: Keith around. Um, I mean. uh but I think with this chapter with every chapter, I think we, we kind of talk about like um, and you, you can tell me what your thoughts. I never in the moment while I'm reading it have like issue with any of it. I'm like, Oh, this is you know, interesting. I'm like pretty, pretty drawn in. But then when I go back and I do these summaries, I'm like, man, a lot of this is like, it seems kind of inconsequential um, because I mean, there's, her her kind of sexual relationships um with samantha with keith she like kind of just imagines um like she's like a fantasy or something of people having sex like over her mantle or something like there's just a like a lot of like i don't quite know why this is in here (laughs) you know aside from just like like her uh, almost like boredom. I mean, like I guess it's kind of, or or like she's just like, she's just kind of so lost in her own world. Um, but there's so much of it is sexual, which I, you know, I don't know. I I wasn't sure if that. Looking back, I'm like, did I? Did we really need that? I don't. Probably not. I I, I think, think that's the thing. thing. Is this, so much of this book is just like, ah, eh, you could probably have cut that. But you know, yeah. who, who's the
0: did we really need a whole few pages of him uh, a whole paragraph of a man, you know, going in a chamber pot? Did we really right. need it? Yeah, no, he no put no. it in there. It'll probably give us the uh, feel of what it's like to be in 1865 and whatnot, and how yeah. difficult it would have been. I guess because just poop in front of your significant other is just really bad. <laughs> Like I'm pretty yeah, sure I mean, we both would have been embarrassed if we had like our yeah, next to us. And we're like trying to go and they wake up. The first thing they hear is. <laughs> so,
1: yeah.
0: No.
1: yeah. Um, so like, like I'm saying, I, I don't, I don't, as I'm reading it, I'm okay with all of it. And it's not that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not uh okay with it now. It's just like, um. You know, I don't really know what the point of some of that was. You know, looking when you look back at the chapter and you're trying to find like the important beats, you know, of the chapter, her like fantasizing for like a half a page or maybe even like a full page. I'm like, you know, because it, it even goes so far, like she's like having that fantasy, and then Thompson comes by, she talks to Thompson. And then she goes back to sit in her chair and fantasize some more. And then she's like, "Oh, the fantasy's gone." You know, like she can't like picture it anymore. I'm like, yeah. I think that's okay. I'm ready to move on with what's going on, you know, in your chapter. Um, so I, I think that's like my weird, I guess, sort of criticism. But it's, I think, if I was just reading it through, I'm not even sure if it'd bother me. It doesn't bother me when I'm reading it. Like I'm not like, ugh, this is taking forever. I'm not bored. But when I go back, I'm just like, I I could have done without that, you know, but, you know,
0: yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that part. When I was reading it, I was like, why, why is this so long? Like, why (laughs) does it take like three pages to describe what she's doing with Samantha? Like, and they don't even write uh, straight out, tell you that they're both, uh, you know, prostitutes at. Begin. They just said like they're doing this, this, and they're both yeah. SBS, like, but they just took a hit off a pipe, and I was like, what? What is happening? Yeah. Like, yeah, like are they lovers or what? What's their connection? And then later on, they're like, describing their profession, and she's like, hey, governor, looking for some business. Say, hey? I'm like, oh, okay. I yeah, to see where Jack the Ripper is coming into play and gonna take her out.
1: And and the thing about the Samantha. Marla thing is Marla um like doesn't think of herself as as lesbian which you know it's it's more just like a they want to get high and have like sexual gratification simultaneously and like they just happen to be you know around yeah so like it's i don't know like i I guess like that does paint the her life. I mean, I guess if that's the point of, of that whole part of being like, you know, this is Marla's life, you know, like just sex and drugs, right? Or or like, or pleasure. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, because um, she talks about how like, you know, that first time is like amazing. Like, she's like, um, uh, like, like transcendent, you know, like the best you've ever felt, mm-hmm. uh, but after that, you need like more and more to reach that, um, and so they start kind of pairing it with that sexual gratification too, to kind of try to reach that that point so i I get that like her it seems her life is just seeking pleasure, seeking that next high, maybe like trying to forget the life she's in, mm. and actually, now that I'm talking about it out loud I can kind of see why he included it but I'm also I I think I could have been told that information you know what I mean like I feel like he's like I'm going to show you a typical day in the life of Marla and I'm like yay but I could have been I could have just been like told her situation yeah it worked, I guess like a- it, 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 I, I guess I appreciate it more now after I just talked about it <laughs> I'm like um, actually, I do kind of want to count the pages though because it, I maybe I'm overdoing how long uh it is, but I do feel like it's a, it's a little bit. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Let's see, so it starts on like 68 and then. Man.
0: Seventy, do Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, Thompson from Andrew Street. So on seventy.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it, it it's not like continuous, but I mean, she's still thinking about you know Samantha on page seventy. So, but it's not like straight through. But they kind of just keep going back to to that. Interesting, interesting stuff.
0: The thing I really love—I'm trying to look for it—is that she talked about how her mom was like only into uh, African Americans, and Mm -hmm. that she loved the singer Bob Marley, which is why her name is Marla.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. She
0: like Marla Roberts, Roberta, and whatever the last name of her mom was. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, but I I really like how, how that's why she hates her name because her mom like loved Bob Marley so much that she hates her name, which is why she preferred a what was it Capalusum, the Capalusium, Caplusum, Caplusium,
1: Capusulum. Is that what you're trying to? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I'm trying to say.
1: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Because she she would have preferred that to her yeah. her own name. Yeah, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm just kind of looking at the the mom stuff. So like her her mom, like I said, not a not a great role oh. model. Um. It seems like she was also getting high, but would criticize uh, Marla for doing drugs. Hmm. Um. Let's see. I'm looking. I see just all the capital yeah. letter yelling. I'm like, ah, so much yelling. Um, I'm trying to see because it talks about her dad at some point, right?
0: Yeah, uh,
1: but I can't remember. But I, I think he's he's out of the picture. I think he he because she,
0: like she didn't take her her mom didn't put her last name as her dad's. Yeah. kept it as her own but as I'm like looking through this stuff her childhood was so bad
1: yes yeah
0: it says here she did stuff she doesn't know whether her mom found out or not because she kept saying like these guys would be rotating in and out, basically whether it's like a few months or a few days yeah. So that's why I was like, wow, this is really dark if she's like fifteen and she's having relations with an older man that her mother seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, just oh. just to just to get back at her yeah. mom too.
0: Yeah, like how messed up does a parent have to be to have your child go to that length to get yeah. the skin?
1: and and then uh and then she just takes off at 16 so yeah. um i mean presumably she's been a prostitute since age 16 i think she's only like 19 or yeah. or i mean she's not old i mean yeah. it's 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 pretty it's pretty bleak uh-huh. um so the burrows yay <laughs> not a good place
0: no it, it's... <laughs> at
1: least this this particular family um <laughs> Any any closing thoughts?
0: I feel like the Burroughs is the main villain so far. Because it takes all these characters and, like, destroy them to an extent where they're either... They're always running away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: One painting the pain. One... one rest it's so, when he has a near-death experience, something shakes loose. And then we have one now who is just accepting the fact that she's going to die a prostitute like the women she read about in the Jack the Ripper novels and mm-hmm. and it's so thinking about it that way this book already seems very dark and gloomy so your favorite yeah your favorite yeah. topic yeah no then, so
1: uh, i'm i'm glad uh <laughs> glad's not the right word uh i was going to say sure uh, I, in our in our last episode, I was talking about how, like the the optimism of the angel being like, "Justice has already been done. I've seen it. Yay!" I'm like, "Nah, kind of boring." And now, like we're in the the present, uh, and I'm like, "Justice has not been done here." <laughs> I mean, clearly, um, no. So yeah, I, I I look forward to see what happens next. I think, like you know, if if you almost take this book. As like a collection of short stories, because um, so far we've, we've just had different character each time. Like mm-hmm. there's that thread kind of connecting them, but um, I mean, I kind of dig it if it's if each chapter is going to just kind of wrap up, you know, that character's like thing. Yeah. Um, I think at some point we we have to have some recurring characters, but so yeah. far it almost seems like little little short stories. Um, this one being the darkest we have had so far and, uh, and I'm, I'm all about it. It's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I also was thinking about if it's just like one, as you said, like short stories or event, like every now and again, uh, the characters from the prelude, like somehow come into their lives or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, like, there's a reason why he put um, all these characters in the first few chapters. There's a reason why the angel, Taurus, or uh, Ash Moses, uh, like, why are they all just randomly in and out, like, rotating? Or just, are they going to pop up later? Because this is, as we've been talking about, like a 1,300-page book. They're all... Bound to collide at some point.
1: Yes, exactly. They're ha- they're, I mean, we're we're coming up on page one hundred. Yeah. yeah. So that's good.
0: One twenty um, of the way through.
1: Exactly. Well, um, I think that's all I have. So we will uh, we'll be back next week with chapter three. I haven't looked ahead at all, so I have no idea what is in store. Um, As I, (laughs) as I said last time, if you use anchor, uh, you can uh, send us a voice message, which will be really fun because we can play it on here um, and try to answer the question. Well, I'm not sure if we can answer any questions, but you can maybe more comments. You can give us comments because I'm not confident at all answering questions about this book, but um, yeah, so we will see you next week.
0: If the questions are like, hey, what do you do you think in your opinion, if they start off like in your opinion, I'm pretty sure we could answer <laughs> in our opinion that that because if they're like, Oh, what's the meaning of life? I'll be like, uh 42. Next definitively
1: question definitively tell us what exactly yeah. is going on. No, I don't know. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm Michael Pemulus. My co-host here is Henry Jekyll, and we will We'll see you next week for chapter three of Jerusalem. This has been the last chapter.
0: This is called Rough Sleepers.
1: Rough Rough Sleepers. Sleepers. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.